Hi, I'm Ewan Donaldson, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold Your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast I'm Michael McCall I'm Lee Gillis I'm Doug Perry. I'm Gordon Henderson. And we're back being an East Fife podcast across two continents. I am back over the water. Made it home safe and sound on Monday night. My bags, not so much. They made it home, but they were both damaged. The wheel was taken off one completely. And the brand new case that I had just bought two days before to bring home all the stuff I'd bought got completely dented in. So, at least they arrived and the contents were okay. So... All the wonderful East Fife strips that Doug had given me made it home in one piece. They were in a suitcase that did look like it had possibly been opened. And they probably had a look at them, Doug, and thought, I don't know what the fuck those are. I'm just going to leave them. <laughs> well, at least you can make a claim for your broken cases. Yes, I already have. <laughs> Where there's a blame, there's a claim. But yeah, we're back talking about an East Fife defeat this time. Obviously, my good luck charm of being there has already rubbed off. Still haven't seen them lose in person since 2015 or possibly 13. I have to work that out. As soon as I go away, they can't win to save themselves. But we'll get into the Stranraer game last week where they did get a point. We'll talk about the Dumbarton loss yesterday and a lot more besides. But before we get into that, let's just hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. We are Maze Mortgages. We're Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Just send us a message via Facebook to find out more. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. So thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and Maze Mortgages for their continued support of the podcast and East Fife all season long. They support us. Go and support them. So, gents, it was the top of the, the table clash. We wanted to kind of see how we were going to do against Dumbarton, so we find that out. But before we get into all of that, 
couple of you guys made the camel trek down to Strunrar last week and coming away with a point and to snatch that point not only in stoppage time but with certainly what could be up there is when the contenders are going the season for us come May it must have made the, the long trip home very happy Yes, um, I actually thought Healy sort of added a, an extra bit of spark to our game when he came on um, and we were like right on the side that he was on and he, he, he was actually like just in Woods' ear the entire time um, when he came on. Like literally every time we got close to him, he was going, you're fucking pish, you're fucking pish. And I was like, tell him, Jack, he's like, oh, he's shit. I'm going to tear him a new one. <laughs> Next minute, he picks up the ball dribbles past him and absolutely smashes it top bins. Um, it was it was brilliant. And it was, to be honest, it was no more than we deserved from the game, really. Um, I kind of felt that a point was probably a fair result. I don't think we deserved to win it. Um, but e- even Shivoni's goal, Shivoni took his goal really, really well. But him and Baldi both missed absolute sitters before that. I mean, we should we should have been 2 3 nil up um, before Stranraer scored. But the two goals that we conceded are two of the, the worst goals you could lose at that level, to be honest. Gordon, you made the trip as well, didn't you? Yep, yeah. Got on, got on a wee bit late. Uh, we, we walked into the ground just as Shivoni was putting the ball in the net. So I think I did miss our best spell of the game. We Lee told me we were it was a travesty that we were 1-0 down. But seeing the highlights, I was like, all right, yeah, we missed quite a few decent chances in that first 20 minutes. Um, but I agree, I think um, it, it would have felt a bit unfair if we'd lost it. Um, draw was probably a fair result, but um, yeah, obviously that uh, Healy scoring that goal in the last, well, last minute, 94th minute or whatever it was, yeah, um, kind of felt a wee bit like a win and it's a good drive back up the road as opposed to a depressing one. Yeah, it's been many a year since I've been down to Stranraer, but if you if you come away with a win, it always makes it a little bit nicer. Did you stop off for a, a chippy and a Drossen or Irvin or anything? No, we stopped for a, a pint on the supporters bus um, on the way down. Um, can't even remember the name. Ballantry. I keep going to call it Ballamore, but I think that's somewhere totally different. Um, so stopped in Ballantry, had some lunch, a um, couple of jars, then went to the game. Um, I actually really enjoyed the Sporters bus, to be honest, the Sporters Club. I would actually recommend fans to get on board with that because it wasn't like a like a shitey, you know, borrowed from a high school coach that we used to have in the olden days. And, you know, you would actually wipe your feet on the way out. Um, this this one was, it was like, uh, I think it was St Andrew's golf bus, like for golf tours. So had tables, nice big comfy seats. Um, and if that's a quality bus that, that's every week, um, then I would actually be tempted to, to take the bus and not the train because I was comfortable enough to, to actually enjoy it. So um, definitely and, uh, give the, the sports club a, a shout for, for sorting us out with that. In fact, I've booked to go to Annan on the bus in a few weeks' time. Um, and FYI, fans, um, there is a train strike due that day. So if you're planning to get the train and um, I would maybe swerve that and get in contact with Ian Lawson and, and get your spaces on the bus booked. Yeah, many happy memories over the years of going on all the, the different supporters' buses. Some of them were just absolutely chaotic. You look back at some of the stuff that went on in it and you're like, geez, I don't know. 
Don't even get away with that. Megaphone. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I remember straw getting thrown everywhere on a strip to Strindrar as well, which got us banned from that bus company. Um, but yeah, happy days. You've got, you've got to elaborate on that. Uh, Doogie McCracken, rest in peace, was playing for East Fife in those days. Long trip to Strindrar. The fans hated him. They called him a donkey. So we took some a bale of uh, straw or hay down on the bus um obviously some drinks were consumed on the bus down and there was straw and hay all over the place what survived got taken to the game we all stopped off at a greengrocers and bought two carrots uh every time he went past us we went and threw some hay and bit the carrot and spat carrot at him and that was our own player wow i I knew the East Five fans were toxic but that's a Wow, yeah. Mm. yeah actually, a great asking. <laughs> I think I've, uh, I've maybe mentioned before, but we had a mate of mine who sadly was a Celtic, or he still is, I'm sure, a Celtic fan, and they stopped off at a pub on their sports bus and nicked a fag machine. They basically formed a sort of line, or a shield line from the bar and just sort of nicked it and ran down. Yeah, and stuck it in the back of the uh, stuck in the back of the bus, and then they got stopped about six miles down the road by the police because they nicked the fag machine. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we, we've <laughs> talked, we've had some great bus stories in the the podcast over the years, and if any listeners want to share some more from the old days, especially days when Chink was involved, because the, there's a lot of stories from that setting fire to a Christmas tree in Berwick. We've talked about that one, putting a pint glass through a TV at Berwick. We've talked about that one. Seems to be these long trips that maybe brings the the worst out of some of the these five fans. But let's move quickly on. Do you guys want to do a three, two, one for last week just for the housekeeping? Yeah, just because I've written one down. Yeah, go mine. F- okay, you go firstly. Oh Christ, I was hoping to copy Gordon's saying because I was pretty canned by the first half, so my memory's not strong. But well, God didn't even see the start of it. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. before we get to that, is that just because you were having a few babies or were you just held up in traffic? No, traffic, unfortunately. But I tell you what, right, you think uh, age-old romantics, right? You know, Romeo. Yourself. Yourself, yeah. Um, you know, all these like great public gestures of love and Gordon brought his missus to Stranraer. Oh, you did? Yeah, she came down to Stranraer. In my defence, she asked. She wanted. Oh. She wanted to come down to Strasbourg. She's been. She's been kind of interested to go in there. She's been a few games now, and I was. I'll need to check this, but I don't think. I don't think we've been beaten. Her first game was uh, the one where Dunsmore scored the injury minute injury time winner against Race, and I don't oh, think we lost. So I think I might need to bring her to more. Gordon, I'd be way, way more concerned that your girlfriend wanted to go to Stranraer. <laughs> Is it because Gordon is such a good lover she can't stand being away from him? That's my guess. That's the nice thought. My thought is it was a chance to escape on a ferry. <laughs> <laughs> Any day now. Did she come back from Stranraer with you? We haven't got to the bottom of that. Aye, there, was, there was only a couple of getaway attempts, but I managed to outrun her. <laughs> is that what that chain was for? <laughs> anyway. Right, let's get your three, two, one. Three two ones and uh, Gordon's sadomasochism aside, <laughs> I went for one point for Healy. Um, I thought he changed the game when he came on. He took his goal really well. Do you want to know what? I think he really needed it. 
Um, I don't want to say I've been like as harsh as critic as much as some fans seem to single me out for being critical of him. I'm just, it's always critique. Like, I just felt like he lacked that end product. Like, I've been called out numerous times on social media on both my personal and the Glory Days page. Like, like I say, I, I, I've never thought he was a bad player. I'm just saying that I didn't think he had that end product, but it showed he's got it in his locker now. And hopefully that goal will just give him a bit more confidence going forward. Well, um, like, b- before you move on, like, just a quick chat about Healy. I thought he was excellent in that game against St. Johnston. Yeah. But he was trying too hard, it felt, almost. He just wanted that goal so badly. Now that he's got that goal, you do wonder if that's maybe going to take a bit of the pressure off, off him. Yeah. If he can get that consistency going, that's what I asked Crow after after that St. Johnston game. If he can get that consistency going, there's a great wee player there, but you've yeah. got to get that consistency, and that's where he's maybe been let down a little bit. I've said before, like he's got quick feet, he's, he could definitely put a good delivery in, he's got pace, like he's got all the attributes of a good player. I just felt like he lacked composure or that like that cutting edge, like that finishing that finishing touch. Um, but he showed that he's got it. I mean I actually thought I'd hit the bar and come out, but when I hit the back of the net, the, the noise from all 20 of us there was, was excellent. But the one thing, one thing that annoys me is come and celebrate with the fans. Like they all ran to the other end, obviously, which is where the bench is and the subs are. So I get it, but we've traveled like 150 mm-hmm. miles or whatever it is. Like it'd be good to celebrate with us. But anyway, that's, that's just a, a minor point. And um, two points for Kieran Miller. Although it wasn't his good game, he just, it's just a seven out of ten. I say it all the time. Just he gets the boot stuck in um, every week. Um, and I gave three points to Ryan Shahoney actually because he had a difficult job. Um, I thought he took his goal really well because again, he's, I don't think Crawford seems to think he'll be able to coach him in an out and out striker. I just don't see that. I think he's going to be better off a flank. But he he runs his cell into the ground and he'll, he'll chase everything down. And I feel like he's, he's deserving of some points so far this season. So I gave him done for that game. Gordon, you're as much different? Um, way a bit different. Like, I, I, I did struggle with this one because I, I felt like, although we played all right, um, I kind of felt it was one of these games where I felt, I felt like most players had a decent sort of game. Nobody had a sort of terrible game. So there's loads of guys that are floating about the same. I went one point for... Shivoni, yeah, he put a shift in, scored a really good goal. Uh, two points I gave Sam Denham. Thought he was just kind of really solid. One, won a lot of aerial battles, and three I just gave to Jack Healy because I thought in a in a sort of game that was a bit scrappy, just that 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 one piece of kind of magic kind of made it. So got, gave the three points to him. Do you guys still do the fancy dress for the last away game of the season? No, not done that for years. Ah, oh, I think you should. We should get it brought back. Everyone goes as the Pink Panther, and you're all because that would get you in the papers. Hopefully, for good reasons. Yeah, all all three of us will go dressed as the Pink Panther this year, but we win our playoff final. Awesome. Look forward to seeing that. I'll tell you what, right? If we get to the playoff finals, because we're not going to win the league, that's over already. <laughs> yeah. If we get to the playoff finals, I will wear a Pink Panther suit. What about the relegation playoff final? <laughs> that doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> He'll wear a Black Panther suit. 
Yes. So that draw in Stranraer made it unbeaten in three in the league, unbeaten in four altogether if you include the Challenge Cup. We'll talk a little bit about that in a in a bit. Came crashing back down to earth in some ways on Saturday as back to Bayview against the league leaders came away on the wrong end of a, a 1-0 defeat. I've only watched the, the highlights. You three guys obviously were at the game. I'm going to start with Doug because... Doug's not had a, a lot of chance to, to chat so far because we, we started off with the, the Stranraer one. I don't know. I've, I've got mixed feelings about this. Looking at this, the Twitter feed, it kind of felt that it was a very close game. Watching a lot of the highlights, East Five started really strong. Gave away the ball, gave away the goal. Could easily have lost two goals in the space of a minute. Dumbarton seemed to take over after that and it was only maybe the last 10 minutes that East Fife got back into it. Was it harsh to come away, do you feel, Doug, on the end of a 1-0 loss? Should they have at least got a point out of it like Stevie Crawford feels? Um, I mean, I don't think it would have been harsh if we got a point. Um, I, I kind of went away slightly feeling that that was maybe the right result. Um, yeah, I mean, we just... For, for the amount of years we've been down there, we just cannot play downwind. We just don't know how to do it. Mm. And it's it's crazy. I mean, it was it was very windy, which did spoil it a little bit. I just thought in the crucial points, Dumbarton were just a bit better in many ways. I thought they had a midfield. We kind of bypassed ours a lot on Saturday. I didn't feel the, the midfielders had much of a de- any form of decent game, to be fair. Um, but yeah, we kind of huffed and puffed without doing all that much. I mean, like Baldi had probably one of his worst games for us. Nothing really came off. Um, our set piece delivery was poor again. And I just, I, apart from that last 10 minutes, I don't think we offered enough, to be totally honest with you. I, I kind of feel the same just from the, the small sample size that I got, Gordon. I mean, obviously... East Fife had that chance late on from Taylor Stevens that went off the bar and they did have the better of the, the early going without though really creating what you would say is too many clear-cut chances. They like Brett Long didn't really have too many saves and anger to make and you're watching that first half, I was like, why are they not just peppering shots in, in that wind? Yeah, I think that's it. It's like, you know, there was a few almost chances or something like that that we didn't really create any good chances and I think like watching the game and we've had this for a few games I think it's that sort of you know we've been playing all right but that kind of middle to front that can taking charge a little bit and having a little spell where you've actually got good possession the opposition half and creating chances but I think that's something we have really failed to do all season, even when we've been playing all right, and even when we've been getting wins, and I think, you know, th- I, know I know it's tough because I think a big part of yesterday, <clears throat> you got to give the credit to Dumbart. I mean, they were very solid. <clears throat> the the way they pressed us was very impressive. I mean, even into the second half, there was times that, you know, if if, if we've got the ball in their half, two or three players on every East Five player all the time. Um, they they played very well. They did. They they came to do that, and they did it very well which made it difficult, but, you know, you feel like we've got to find a way to to improve middle to front. Um, we, we've obviously changed the shape that we've been playing a lot. You know, we changed it again 
yesterday. Um, and I don't know if it's just a case of not quite finding that right combination. I mean, we played Ferguson as a sort of deeper line midfielder, and I don't think that worked at all. Um, you know, and, and we, we did have chances. We did, you know, the usual thing. Team that's 1-0 down kind of throws everything at it last 10, 15 minutes. And Ferguson was a lot better. We actually created a few chances through him. But um, it, it was, you know, playing in that deeper role, it was a bit anonymous, to be honest. Um, so I don't know if it's just that we haven't found that right shape or right combination, but I think that's something that we have to, to look at, definitely. And Lee, Ryan Blair even looked impressive yesterday. That's a stretch. I thought he was whack. <laughs> um, he's got to be one of the worst players I've ever seen in these five jersey. Um, and he did, but like he was still the same. Like, he, I just think we gave them Barton a bit too much grace yesterday. I felt at times like there was not real any press. I don't think they were impressive, to be honest. I thought that there was that they were very resolute in their backline, they were very organized. I'll give them that, but going forward, nothing overly impressive. The only there's a few things that disappointed me yesterday. Nobody put Ali Love 10 feet in the air, um, which I would really like to see because he's a wee dick. Um, Ryan Wallace getting kicked in the face by Sam Denham um, was a joy to behold, to be honest. Um, but he got down and when he heard the, the hate he was getting, he actually sat up and laughed. Um, you know, the five faithful were really giving him it tight. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting that the highlights... Usually they, they cut away quicker than that, but they left those on right to the end to, so you could see what what Wallace was doing and having a go at Healy. And I think you saw from the reaction of the East Five players that's been with him before, maybe it was quite telling maybe what they think of him and what that stems from how he behaved last season. The guy's a penis. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> um, you know... Um... He gained a little bit of respect for me in recent weeks after the, the passing of, of Ross McLean. He, he messaged the, the Glory Days page saying, look, football stuff aside, like, I'm really sorry to hear that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, maybe, like, maybe there is a good guy in there. Like, and and I, I, I did like, say he got a bit of respect there. But within minutes yesterday, you just know that if, if they'd scored, he'd have been right up. Oh, yeah. That's tight. Despite the amount of support we gave him, the way that he left the club obviously didn't do him really any favours in terms of his reputation. He, he demanded more money to come back um, last year when we really needed him. And even when he came back, you could tell he wasn't really putting a shift in. Um, and there's no love loss there now uh, with Wallace. And I would actually love Jack to just turn around and chin him, to be honest. But... Um, yeah, that's that's football, and Moss is probably playing the the role of the the pantomime villain. He might be a nice guy off the park, but you know, from from people that I've spoke to that have played with him, um, you know, that there's not many have have a good word to say. Never meet your heroes, Lee. That's it. That's it. It's, it's amazing, you know. Um, it's like the Berlin Wall coming down. It's obviously like I, I backed the guy so much in his, his time thought he was a top player and you know he's, he's literally just thrown that back and all fans like myself's face that that really did support him and, and couldn't have done any more to support him I feel but um yeah you're, you're maybe a bit right about that just 
still got that trophy with his name on it up the stairs as well. Um, I maybe have to take a hammer to that whilst playing Savage Garden or something like that. Who knows? Film it. Yeah. Film destroying it and stick it up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's yeah. never been the same since that Safari Park incident, though. I think we can all agree. <laughs> Clearly has traumatised him. What he did in the monkey pit is between him and Ryan, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, somehow those big baboons' asses, it's like... takes... Like, you've got to have just a steel heart not to fall for one of them. Anyway, moving quickly on, talking about Boone's asses, Doug. Um, hey. Just trying to get a quick segue. That maybe didn't work. Oh, Decl- Declan Byrne, league's top scorer, five goals now for the season. Puts it away with a plum after a giveaway by Sam Denham. Quick counter. The transition play by Dumbarton was very impressive. They just cut the the five defence wide open. It was a good move. It was well taken by Byrne. Am I being harsh to say I would have expected Fleming to get a hand to that? I just feel he was maybe badly positioned. Yeah, I mean, I certainly felt that at the time. Um, I'll quickly watch the highlights again. Probably, but, you know, I think he's made enough saves of, of late to warrant maybe not yeah. quite getting that one but I thought to be fair I mean I know Lee was slagging him I thought it was a great through ball from Blair who um, put in a lot of really really good deliveries which was so annoying because I don't think he ever did that once for us but um, maybe it's just East Fife that have that inability to produce someone that can cross a ball um, but I thought I actually thought he was alright Blair to be honest Um it was a good through ball, and yeah, look, it was a nice finish. It was low, which is going to make it harder for Fleming. But I mean, there was an identical one, you know. Yeah. Forty it's, seconds later. I know. That, it's like at least learn from the mistake defence. It's like try and not give him a, an identical chance. Crashes off the I, post. I felt a bit, a bit sorry for Sam. I mean, the one thing that really frustrated me yesterday was the past stats between. Denim, Steele and Mercer in a line to each other and back and back and back was unbelievable. And I think almost that one, Denim just was like, stuff it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go here and push up. And I, I don't mind seeing that from a, a young centre half. I, I don't, but he lost, obviously lost the ball, which was a bit of a problem. But I just found that so frustrating how many times. And it was obviously in the game plan because even... Denham would, or Steele would pass it to Denham and then you'd always expect Mercer to be slightly higher to get the ball to then go up the line but he was right in a line with them as well and then would get it and then pass it back to the centre half and it just there was a couple of stages of the match where it, it felt like they passed 30 passes to each other and it's like we need to actually attempt to do something but again that's where our lack of creativity comes in I thought for me Kieran Miller wasn't great for me yesterday, it was probably one of his poorer games. And like like they were saying, the, the Sir Alex Ferguson in the holding role did not work at all. No. He just looked lost. I actually thought the last 10 minutes he was pretty good at driving us forward. And he had showed pretty quick feet at times. But, I mean, sitting midfielder is definitely not the way. I know I've uh, gone on a wee bit there ahead of no, schedule. I, yes, I think, I think Fleming could have done a little bit. I mean... Gordon Crow mentioned after the game about 
young centre backs they they need to kind of decide and learn when they want to to go forward and play those passes forward as opposed to knocking it around at the back. But I think at, at times they're forced into it because we don't have that box to box number six or number eight that's going to drop back and take the ball off them and then move it forward the way that we need to. Yeah, I was listening to the both Crawford and. Murder speaking after the game, and they'd obviously kind of touched on, um, you know, the kind of wayward pass, mistake, whatever from Denham that led to the goal. And I think they were both kind of saying it was a tough game for them, particularly kind of younger centre half, because because we did find ourselves in that position. It was kind of difficult, you know. There maybe wasn't an obvious pass. We weren't getting much joy from anything. And I think Sam Denham, it's something he's done pretty consistently, he looks to kind of take the ball out of defence, kind of move it forward a bit and maybe open up a wee bit of space, which I really like. Sometimes mm. I really like but him and, you know, you don't want to, you definitely don't want to, like, focus on one wee mistake because, one, it's just, you know, all players make them, two, he's a young guy, and three, you know, something goes slightly different, we defend that 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 chance and we're not even talking about it. They were both saying, you know, they want to keep, they want, they want them to keep doing that. You know, you make mistakes, but that's yeah. that happens. And totally agree with that. And I think I, I like a ball playing centre back, and Steele yeah. and Denham's formed a really good partnership this season. No, I, I think they've been one of the big kind of plus points. I, I think they've both been pretty good, and I think the fact that they're both still so young, and you know, particularly Denham doesn't have a huge amount of kind of first team experience. I think they've been massive plus points the two of them um, I was quite worried going into this season I'm still worried that we actually don't have a third centre half really. Yeah, but I was a little bit worried not that they were I thought they were bad players but this idea of you know going into a league two season a 19 year old and a 20 year old at centre half just gives you the kind of jitters a wee bit but I think they've been fantastic um, so yeah I think we were forced into playing like that a little bit um, you know I think Crawford kind of touched on as well that the way Dumbarton played it kind of kind of forces you into that like they're happy for us to play a bit with the back then you know they're maybe they're they're quite keen for us to maybe play a ball and pounce on that wee mistake which is what happened um, I think it was a tough it was a tough game for them so much kind of responsibility for building whatever we were we were trying to do and 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 that kind of thing of you know we were playing that four two three one. So you're kind of relying on those two in midfield to be that sort of link. And I think Kieran Miller did have one of his worst games for us. Ferguson looked like he really can't play that that holding midfield role. And, uh, you know, I think their midfield kind of overran us a little bit. So, And uh, one of these things, I think you just got to give it to the Barton a little bit. They, mm-hmm. they got that right and it stopped us doing anything. Quick thoughts on the goal, Lee? Yeah, it was just it was a, a disappointing goal to lose. For me, Denham goes forward, Miller should probably drop back into that hole that's been left and just make sure that we work covered. But it's it all happens so quickly. Um I do feel that potentially Fleming should have got to it. Um, I've not actually had a chance to watch the highlights again, but look like when you come up against a team that's that's unbeaten and they're high in confidence and they've got the top goal scorer in the league can't allow them that sort of pace or you'll be crucified in that sort of space sorry or you'll be crucified for it. and that's kind of just what happens but I mean 
I, I don't want to give Sam Derham a hard time. He's, he's been arguably one of our better players. Oh yeah. This season, um, you know, he made a mistake, and you've got a young centre half there. It's going to happen. Um, so you know, I, I think that we would all have bitten your hand off for where we are in the league if you'd asked us four or five weeks ago. So you know, you, you take the the rough with the smooth a little bit. Um, but I'm kind of nervous. Um, that a player that we were rumoured to be in for at the start of the season um, that signed for Breakin is now asked for his release and is a free agent again and Ian Davidson yeah I saw that um, I mean that it ticks some of the boxes that Crow's been talking about off that experience that he's wanting in the midfield I think he'll be playing centre half no Oh, I think he'd be yeah. centre half now. Aye, because yeah. he's older now. He'll have dropped back. Yeah, he's, he's been playing centre half for a while, but I hope, I hope not. I mean, we, we've said a few times that we kind of have been wanting to sign a bastard, so. Aye, <laughs> uh, but how many red cards are we going to get? Aye, uh, yeah. I, I've said it before, I can't watch his fight for Ian Davidson playing. He's a thug, he's a wanker. So I, I, I said it ages ago, I wouldn't go and watch his fight for people as well. So there you go. That'd be disappointing. But yeah, do you do you him. feel he's more of a thug than Spider Ramsey was back in the day, or is that maybe just a little bit before your time? Well, I, well, no, I was there, but I was young and naive. It's uh, yeah, I don't think you sign you don't sign a what is a legend of your biggest rivals. Yeah, you just don't do that. <laughs> I think well, that's a huge joke. And, and he's getting on a bit, and he's average at best. I don't get why that would be a good move. Yeah. I, I do agree with that Legends bit, because we had an interesting situation here in Vancouver where they signed one of Seattle's all-time legends, the guy that scored their first goals in MLS, had been with them pre-MLS, and then scored a couple of goals against them in a game. And we were like, okay, he's one of us now, we don't care. Would you feel that way if like Davidson popped a couple away against the Rovers in a cup tie or something? Uh, no. Although the guy I'm talking about ended up going back to Seattle, so he was obviously just using us because he couldn't get there to start with. Anyway, let's let's move on. So it was maybe harsh to be one down at that point because I I think we kind of dominated play. But after that, Dumbarton seemed to take over. They used the wind better than we used the wind. But again, without maybe carving out any real clear-cut chances and then... The defence held firm and we, we came back into it in the, the last 10 minutes or so and Taylor Stephen hit that one off the bar. Commentators felt that Brett Long probably wasn't going to get to it if it had dropped under. I think he probably would. I think he would have got his tips to it at least. But what I've liked about East Five to start this season is they're fighting to the end. They're not letting their heads down. And... You, you saw it against Stranraer, they got that goal deep in stoppage time. You saw it against Forfar, they got the win in stoppage time. They, they racked some goals up against St. Johnston in the cup tie late on as well. So I like that they're fighting to the end. And I think that shows a lot about the fitness of the team as well, which could really come into play in, in the cold winter months if we can keep those fitness levels high. And we are pushing late into games. I also felt, I, I do agree, I think it's it's a good sign that we're keeping fighting on and the fact we've had a few late goals. I thought what was quite good yesterday was 
I was a bit worried after the Bonnie Rig game that it would be similar kind of thing with Dumbarton being a, a bit of a bigger side. I mean, I'm not I'm not putting them in the same bracket because, you know, I thought at times Dumbarton played some nice stuff yesterday and they're not hammer throwers, but they're quite a big team. And there was a couple of times in the second half, especially towards the end, where you looked out and you just thought, God, we are tiny. Like, so many small players. Um, but no, I think, I think in that respect, there's... That was quite good. I mean, there wasn't as much getting bullied off the ball. And mm. I thought even Shepard up front of his own actually put in a pretty decent shift, to be fair, against two big centre-halves. And at least he kind of made them sort of earn their money a wee bit. But he, he did look very isolated. But no, that, that was a big plus for me that we didn't get bullied and rolled over. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's a big... Um... You know, it's probably an unfair criticism of the team last season when we, we, we kind of said, you know, it looks like they kind of give up a wee bit. It, it, that probably is harsh because I don't think guys are doing that. But this season it does look a bit, it does feel a bit different. We seem to have that kind of, that mentality, that attitude that we don't give up, we keep going to the end. And and that that's a brilliant thing to see because you think to yourself, you know, even if we're not playing well, we've got a wee chance, um, I think. All, all the fans like to see that. It's just, I think I've said already though, it's kind of diff- the difference between a, a Crawford team and a young team. And it maybe does go back to that, you know, whole thing that Crawford sort of has said almost over and over and over again about bringing the right sort of player in, the right sort of character in, and one that's really going to buy into his mentality and his ethos rather than perhaps some of the players last year that's maybe ego was too big and thought they knew better. Um, like uh, Podge who went over to Dumbarton or um, you know, the likes of uh, Danny Swanson maybe just thought, oh, well, I know better and I'll do this better and I'll do that better, etc. Maybe that's where having a young team that are a bit more, maybe a bit more easily influenced. In yeah, they're the more course. open to, yeah. to learning. To and, the change. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Craw had said basically that, that the squad's bought into what he's wanting to do and even the lone players that's come in, they, they've bought into what he's wanting to do. It does make a difference though when you're at the right end of the table. Because when you're at the bottom end of the table and results aren't going your way, it is easy to let your heads go down. Yeah, confidence drains. It is a different it is a different scenario, absolutely. If you're losing week after week, it's easy to see how that the heads drop and it's very, very difficult to get back. But I think an encouraging thing is, you know, we have bounced back from quite bad defeats, you know, the Ross County game. That you know, even and even though it was a friendly game cuffed 7-0 by hearts you know that that's got to be a kick in the balls but we kind of picked ourselves back up after it Bonnie Rig, another kind of tough one to take and we went on a wee unbeaten run after that so I think there's there is kind of indication that the team's got a bit of resilience about them well even if we look at that challenge cup game against St Johnston B and I know it was a really young St Johnston side that was out there was maybe a, a couple of first teamer fringe guys that were in there but on the whole, you're looking 17, 18-year-olds. But there was a big gulf in quality, I, I felt, for that one. East Fife dominated that game from start to finish. It could easily have been more the, than the 4-0 scoreline that it was. So it does show that there is a gulf and that we've got decent players there. there there's maybe one or two in the St. Johnston ranks I wouldn't mind having here in loan, though, as well. But we've, we've got a, a good team there. But you're looking at the league right now and there's a lot of parity. I think yeah. Dumbarton certainly looked to be the, the class team. 
And it would be a big surprise to me if they don't just go on and, and win the league quite comfortably. But I think the rest of it's from second down to bottom is right up for grabs okay. right now. Well, if you and... think the teams we've played, right, four far, we, we sort of just nicked it. Albion Rovers just nicked it. Nicked a point at Stranra. Yep. Elgin were the better side. Um, and that's the bottom four. Yeah, Bonnie Rigg bodied us. Dumbarton, I, I don't think there was much in the game yesterday. Probably with the said a draw was a fair result. Um, but the, the, the league's much a muchness. I think that, that, Stranra, that Dumbarton have recruited really well. And they've got the players and signed the players that will get them out of the division. Yeah, I think they would get pumped in League, uh, league One. But they've bought the players that will get them sort of out of the, of the division. And, and that's, that's just good recruitment. My, my concern is that the, the transfer window's shut, right? We're, we're going to rely on the loan market or on any free agents as about. We, we still don't have an out-and-out striker. We still don't have a creative midfielder. We still don't have a centre-back. We still don't have a recognised left-back. We can't bring all them in on loan. So I think priority, and what yesterday showed me, is we don't have anyone that's got that striker's mindset of I'm in the box, I'm going to pull the trigger. It's almost like we try to make that extra pass or we try to take that extra touch. And it's just where that sort of young player naivety is probably in there. Maybe naivety is harsh, just inexperienced. That, you know, just pull the trigger. Our best chance in the second half yesterday was Scott Mercer with the outside days, but um, put it about five or six yards past the post. That was literally it. And that's a right back who's our te- second top goal scorer this season. So that that to me tells a story. Troughton's got two goals, both of them are penalties. Shepard's got two goals or three goals, two goals, three goals. And we've got two against Elgin. Has he scored anymore? Anyone? In the league? Nah. No. He's uh, Liam, in the League Cup. Yeah, so, I mean, there's not, um, you know, Shavoni's got one, Healy's got one, um, Newton's got one. So, we're crying out for a, a Nathan Austin or a player of that ilk that just knows when they're in the box when to take the shot. I would rather that we took shots and put them wide than fannied about. Yeah lose possession like have a shot because if you hit the shot you've got a chance at taking a deflection or getting the corner or whatever just take that little bit of a gamble um, yeah. onto the, the Sir Alex conversation from earlier as well sorry I've been drifting out in and out of the conversation because we're going to a wedding on Thursday and I'm always asking for opinions on which dress I think she should wear um, so the, the Sir Alex conversation for me I've not really seen what he adds to the team and I think that with Brogan Walls coming back into it, he would be the player that I would probably be looking to move out because Brogan Walls is a massive step ahead of him for me, in, in my opinion. I think that when he came on yesterday, that changed the game for us because we had somebody that was able to put their foot in the ball and try and unlock the, the back, and back four. And, and he, was, he was playing more positive passes what I'm finding is particularly our wing-backs and particularly um, Stuart Murdoch, actually, I lost count of the amount of times yesterday they tried to make a pass infield and were just dispossessed 
with a, a poor pass, or almost that you would maybe even want to say a lazy pass from Murdoch. Somebody with his experience, and particularly as a former midfielder, you'd be looking for his passing to be a bit more accurate, but that's going to come when you're being played out of position. Um, so I think that Brogan Walls comes in for me. He looked, he looked fit and sharp enough yesterday. He's first name in the team sheet for me um, against Stenhouse and Emir next week, who are on the ascendancy, mm. and I've got a pretty decent side. Um, I, I would like to see the Liam Newton on the wide left experiment be over because I think Newton, in my opinion, has been our player of the year so far. Um, but I think that he's better breaking up play and maybe play, being maybe that box-to-box midfielder because he's got the engine for it. And we've seen now that obviously that he's, he's got his eye to get into the box um, and add that to his game. But for me, um, I, I don't want him at left. And I don't understand why we're playing him on a flank when you've got the likes of maybe Healy there. Um, or if, if Trouton's fit put Trouton through the middle and play Shivoni and Shepard on either side um, rather than trying to what I've been saying on this podcast for what feels like two and a half years square pegs and round holes and trying to make players in uh, positions that is not natural for them It seems to be the modern way though in football because there's a, a lot of managers over here that do that as well, and you're just left shaking your head, and it's like, why are you doing that? This person's clearly not that position. Yeah. but yeah, I totally agree. Let's get to your three, two, ones. Doug? Oh, I was, I'm really sad you came to me first. Um, I can go to Gordon first. Okay, go I've, I've not written anything down, so I need to think. Okay, I've got mine. I'll go first. You're always organised. Uh, one point, Liam Newton. Um, totally agree that I think he's not he's not a kind of wide left player, but I thought he, he did really well yesterday. Um, just a lot of energy, put a good few tackles in, used the ball well, just solid. Two points, Scott Mercer. Um, I thought he was quite sound offensively and kind of involved in almost everything we were doing attacking-wise. Um wee bit unfortunate that a few bits and pieces didn't come off, um, but just thought he had a really good game. And three points and steal. Um, just thought very solid, very sound defensively. Um, yep. Lee, we'll come at you next. Yeah, um, as what tends to happen, Gordon and I are fairly linear, but almost in a different order. Um, I gave Steele one point yesterday because I just thought that he, he coped really well defensively. And even when Gemmell came on, I seen him win two headers against Gemmell, um, which I don't think many centre-halves will do because the guy is like a fridge freezer. Um, so absolutely fair play to Steele. I gave two points to Liam Newton yesterday. You want to know what I like about Liam Newton, actually, is he plays for the shirt, and you can tell that about him. Like, there's, there's just... Because he'll not be on a, a, a massive amount of wages, I wouldn't imagine, but you can just tell he loves the game, loves the club, and, and he's going to give you something that's mathematically impossible, but 110%. And I mean, see, really like see when you watch the players at the end of the highlights coming off the pitch yesterday, they looked so pissed off that they hadn't got anything from that, and I like to see that. Yeah, same. You want to see the players hurting, because we're hurting in the stands at that point. Um, but yeah, Liam Newton for me, um, and I actually said this to the people that sit beside me yesterday, is he just seems to get better every week or just grows every week that he's maybe finding his feet a bit. And I've been critical of Liam in the past and, and didn't think that 
he was maybe going to be cut out for the the upper echelons of Scottish football, but I, I could definitely be proven wrong there if he keeps progressing at the rate he is. Um, and I actually give three points to Mercer. Um, I think anything that we were going to create yesterday came through him. Um, he was the only player that really, for me, pushed us into that that final third. I think you could have said the same about Walls um, in the last sort of 10, 15 minutes, but obviously wasn't on the park long enough to really do that. A couple of times, Mercer with some good footwork, you know, turned the the winger and got himself into the middle of the park that then allowed some one-twos and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've given my three points to, to Mercer after yesterday. Dougie Hauser? Uh, I'll give one, one point to Scott Mercer. Um, I thought he was good going forward, but I can't give him any more until he gets taken off free kicks. And I know I bang on about this, but it was it's abysmal, so bad. Like occasionally, obviously, we'll get that token free kick and goal, but that's like saying Roberto Carlos was good at free kicks. He was not. His free kick in the last ninety fifth minute, but everyone in the box and he overhits it out. I mean, it was so bad. Anyway, but obviously they're not going to change that. Uh, two points to Sam Denham, even though he made that wee mistake for the goal. I thought he was really good at the back, and he kicked Ryan Wells straight in the face, and. Three points. I also gave three to Aaron Steele. I think I think he will not be with us for very long. Clubs have got to be looking at our younger players. Denham, think so. Walls, um, and um, Steely. Um, they have to be because I mean these boys are like nineteen, twenty, and they're only going to get better. Oh, the, the upside of taking a young guy like that now is huge. And I think that, and, and if you look at what we've done with Jude, the younger, talented players will actually see there's a pathway at East Fife. And they'll be like, actually, I'll go there because there's that route to develop and it puts me in the shop window. And I think, you know, obviously Darren Young's got to take a huge amount of credit for for, for, Steele, uh, for Smith last year. But Stevie Crawford's got to obviously take a lot of credit for actually having the confidence to play these guys. Um, you know, Sam Denham when he came in, you know, none of us had, had heard of him, or I'd be very surprised if any of them have. But you know, it looks really, really assured. And I actually, although it cost us a goal yesterday, I like the fact that he'll come out with the ball, similar to what Ross Dunlop done with us, like just somebody that's got a bit of confidence to to drive us forward. Um, particularly after we played the equivalent of football pong across the back line, um, for five. Can minutes. I can I can I also very quickly say. Losing the ball in their half, it shouldn't be the reason why you've lost the goal. Oh, for yeah. me, like yeah, I, I think yeah. I think it was a wee bit harsh. The whole like, oh, it's Denham's fault that he lost the ball. It was in their half. There's a plenty, plenty more things that went wrong after that. Really, yeah. to be fair, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, it didn't help. It didn't help. They just couldn't defend a quick transition. Yeah, but look, let's let's just universally say that you know he's a young lad. He made a mistake and. You know, he'll probably save us more goals than he'll, he'll cost us this year. Oh, um, yeah. I hope he doesn't get hung up on that because he's had a great yeah. season. And, like, every player is going to make mistakes over a season. That's why they're playing in Scottish League 2 and they're not playing in the Championship or, or higher. Absolutely. But I know that we've done well to tie up um, Brogan Walls, I think, till 2024. Um, and I hope that the likes... That's just in Lee's basement. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, no comment. Um, there's, there's the space vacated by Ryan Wall. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got the bite um, marks are still on the wall. Yeah, that's well, it's going to be the curb. Nah, that's too hard. That's too harsh. 
he's, he's still a human with a family after all. He's just not feeling worth it now. But anyway, um, you know, I, I hope the club are, are smart enough and they, they tie these other guys up to the longer term deals because at the end of the day, that's what's going to get us cash. And, and Crawford said that, you know, at the Q&A and he said it in post game as well that, you know, that he's wanting to develop these younger players because it then gives us transfer fees that we could go and reinvest. So, yeah. And if any if any fan doesn't understand that that's what we have to be as a club, then they need to really look at, at where we are just now. And we're, we're fourth tier club. Our whole role at the moment is to survive and to develop players to sell on and then just to try and get better gradually. It's, yeah. it's always a bit like wanky to go on about like, you know, the Brentford model type stuff. But, you know, if you look at the way things are now, you know, you've got all these clubs talking about it's difficult to attract players in. If we're looking at this thing, we've obviously got like the under 20s and stuff. And, you know, that's been good. You've had players like Newton, Walls coming through for that. That's justifying itself. Healy as well, justifying itself already. And then if you're looking at bringing in guys who are maybe from under 20s teams of like Premier Clubs, who are maybe just, you know, just being cast aside. Um, if you can find a good few of them, long term, that's that's the way to go. Um, you know, if they're good enough, you might get money for them. If they're good, but not that good, you get a good player out of it. I think it's a no-brainer. Long term, that's what we should be doing. And I mean, it isn't it isn't wanky to to look at the Brentford model because it's highly successful. And what, one of the guys that was behind them, a, a Dutch guy, Nicholas Overhill, he's in Vancouver now as director of recruitment. I had a fascinating chat with him just about how they look at stuff. And football's changed so much. And yeah, well, like, what what they did is fantastic I, I suppose it's you know you've got you've got now everyone in the grand talking about you know Falkirk have been trying to do the Brentford model for the past <laughs> five six years and you're like yeah you've not really done it as well as they have no. but, uh, yeah I think I think their Brentford model was just signing shite players from English non-league <laughs> I think that you know Falkirk are that retarded they're probably looking at the Bradford model um, well, they, they've, they've just literally signed guys that live in Brentford <laughs> <laughs> or they've bought the Lego version of the Brentford Stadium. Oh, yeah, it's the it's the model club. Yeah, oh. um, yeah. Falkirk Fol- are, are highly hilarious. To oh, they are. Um, they, they just and, and what's fu- funny is like we're a Premiership side. Well, actually, you're not because it's been like a really long time since you were there. Well, that, that's the thing. It's like I I was listening to. Uh, couple of weeks old or maybe it was just before I left on off the ball and there was a Dunfermline fan it was it was actually when I was going to the the game I went to last Saturday so a Dunfermline fan I had messaged into off the ball saying it's taken him a bit of time to realise as he heads off to see them play FC Edinburgh that this is where they're at it's they're not a bigger club this this is where Dunfermline are I mean we've got players that played for East Fife yesterday who probably don't remember Dunfermline or Falkirk being in the Premier. Yeah. That's that's what you're talking about. Yeah. But anywho, let, let's yeah. Look, like outside the East Fife. Yeah, let, let's look around League Two quickly. Um, so Stenny came away with another win yesterday, 3-1 at home to Stranraer. Stirling and Albion Rovers, the Albion Derby, drew 1-0. Anon Athletic beat 4 for 2-1. 
And Bonnie Riggs, very much up and down season continued as they lost 2-0 at Elgin City. Big, big win there for Elgin. So those results, East Fife are, are still sitting third in the table on 10 points from their six games. Just behind 10 points from six games, Bonnie Rigg uh, as well. Dumbarton leading the way, an eight-point lead already. And I think that already looks insurmountable, uh, uh, I've got to say. Steny, next week's opponents, we'll come to them shortly. Um, fourth on nine points. So it's a third v fourth battle next week. You've then got Sterling on eight, Annan on seven, Elgin, Stranraer, they're both on six, Albion Rovers on five, and Forfar on four. So yeah, third v fourth clash next week against a, a Stenhouse Muir team that has won back-to-back games. 2-1 win away to Forfar, 3-1 win at home to Stranraer, Stevie said after the game yesterday he hasn't really scouted them that much yet. He only watched them play Dumbarton, so he's going to do that scouting this week. I'm guessing none of us have really paid that much attention to to Steny just now, but they seem to be in a little bit of a run. I mean, their fans are basically almost calling for the manager's head before they won yeah. the the two games. But that that's it in this league, you know. There's there's more points between Dumbarton and Bonnyrigg than there is between Bonnyrigg and Forfar in 10th. Um, I think it's just that, that this is what's going to happen the season over. Clubs will go on wee runs, they'll go on bad ones. It's going to be an tight game. I'll tell you what, though, you wouldn't be surprised to see um, the Baldy duo of Forfar be sacked in the morning. No. Yeah, actually, because as close as everything is, it kind of makes it worse if you're at the bottom and not getting results because you just need to go on a few runs of no results and you get cut adrift because every other team's picking points up. And we've seen in this league over the the seasons with the teams that's fallen out, once you fall behind, oh. even if you go on a good run, because Cowden raised a little bit of a, a hurrah towards the end of the season they were picking points up but they'd fallen so far behind that you let that gap get ahead of you and you're fucked and the scary thing is there doesn't seem to be like a joke team this year you know there isn't a Cowden or a Brechin or a Berwick anyone you can point to I think you know you can make a wee argument why they're actually not that bad Um, so yeah down at the bottom's even worse I mean Forfer to me, I still think of them as quite a, not a huge team, but still a big team in terms of lower league football, just because we've played them so much over the years and they're always round and about. But one, as soon as Brecon went out of the league, it's like no team can feel safe, you feel. Yeah, yeah that was, Brecon was a scary one for me, definitely. And I think, I think that's the, it's not, well, of course it's the worry, but it's it's the slight problem, I guess, with us having such a young team that if we do get on a wee run where things aren't going well, with it being so tight, it, it, you almost, you know, it could very much be you in a few weeks' time. You just don't know. So I think, I think Saturday's actually quite a big game now. I think having lost that one, we hopefully can get back on track with some form of result and just keep us going in the right direction. Um, but... I we've done that quite well this year, like we said before. So I quite fancy us to sneak a wee win on Saturday. Yeah, I would expect us to as well. I mean, I'm looking at the stats for the league, and there there's no Steny guys and the the top goal scorers, but they've got a couple of guys. Well, it's very 
everyone's got two assists, but Adam Brown and Matthew Yates with three assists is leading the way in terms of, of assistant in League Two. I don't know how much stalker accuracy can put into that, but Gordon, what do you expect from, from Steny next week? You're um, also in Pine Bovril, so you'll you'll have your finger on the pulse of what the Steny it, fans are thinking. It's it's, it's tough because I think um, a lot of people fancied them this year, and they got off to that bad start. Um, and which they did last year as well, and then they went on quite a good yeah. run. And the, their fans were really kind of having a right good moan, um, saying that the team looked terrible, and maybe Swift Stephen Swift might be going. Um, but that's two two games of one now. I've not really I've not really had to, kind of had a look. I've not seen any of the highlights of the games or what their fans are saying or anything like that. But you've got to imagine that's you know a complete one eighty in their attitude that they'll be going in with a bit of confidence now, and they might be thinking, right, this is this is what we were supposed to be like at the start. Um, so I think that'll be a tough game because I still think. I, st- I still expect Steny to do well and, b- and be a decent team. I think maybe you're starting to see a bit more what they'll be like rather than it just being a wee blip. So yeah. I think a win, a win next week would be massive for us. Um, I-, I had Steny top four. I had them definitely in the playoffs. But, I mean, it's still early in the season and there's a lot of football to be played. And what clubs do with free agents with these loan deals is is going to be telling I mean, Lee, you mentioned the, the four very real positions that we kind of need to fill, and you said you're not going to bring all them in on loan. If we did, it would disrupt the team so much as well, because th- for so many positions, that's what you want to have filled to yeah, get but... a few games under your belt. You don't want to be doing it now when you're in the business of, of trying to get points on the board. Yeah, but I th- I th- look, I think football, I mean, we could get four injuries and be in the exact same position, just yeah. look what we're like under Darren Young, you know, um, with, with the injury record and stuff. So, look, I think if we could get anybody in, you know, just take it. I- I'll actually tell you a wee whisper that I heard yesterday that might interest you is that Nathan Austin is surplus to requirements. I was kept- going to mention that, yeah, because yeah. I've heard that from a couple of folk now. Yeah, I, um, somebody pulled me aside yesterday and said, by the way, um, John Potter doesn't like him at all. Um, however, I've heard that Austin wouldn't want to come to us just now because he's injured and wouldn't want to take a wage out of the club. It was a direct quote. Um, said that he's a good few weeks away from being fit. but And then I think he'll also be on a massive wage that we would need to cover. You know, I think he's on four... Four fifty, five hundred pound a week, or something like that. At Kelty, would we take? Surely, surely, we must have that kicking about there. With, with what we've yeah, yeah but is, is is it worth spunking five hundred pound a week on Nathan Austin, who's semi fat, who's semi fat? Yep, happy I'd, to spunk I'd, him. I'd consider it. Um, I don't know. I I I would like to see him come back. However, if we were able to get maybe two or three players, a left-back, a centre-back, and, you know, a creative midfielder for maybe just over that, then maybe, but I, I don't know. If, if we, we, still have, we still have to yeah. score, so as long as he can score more goals than we let in, we're fine. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. If, if he came back, I would be delighted. He scored, what, one goal for us when he came back on loan um, in the COVID season? Yeah. 
and didn't really do much after that. But in a poor team, to be fair, um, you know, we weren't really doing well at that time after coming back. Nathan Austin knows how to score goals, and I would take him in a heartbeat um, if fit. Fair. What's your prediction for next week then? Pain. Really? Every time, every, no, every time I hear that, I just think of um, Rocky Three with Club of Lang. What's your prediction for the match? Prediction? Pain. Um, no, I think uh, I, the safe Gillis draw, 1 all. Um, yeah. I, I fancy a 2 1. I can't see us not giving a goal up, but I, I, I fancy us winning. I'm going to be yeah. bold and go 2 1 as well. That, that's us um, both uh, being bold. We're winning yeah. that goal. <laughs> Scraping a 2 1 win. Yeah. I'll go for a, a turgid 1 0 win. There we go. Hey, I take that every day of the week. So it's, it's an interesting season so far. And as Lee said, if you'd offered us this a few weeks ago, I think we'd all have bitten your hand off for it. It's been some fun football played as well. The draw has been made for the next round of the Challenge Cup, which I, I know a lot of the fans don't really care about. I, I do, because it is a chance to win silverware, and it could be our only real chance to, to lift a trophy this season. Far-fetched. Possibly the fact that we've got a championship team away makes it even more far-fetched, but Arbroath's not having a great time just now. We should take a fair few fans up there. They'll still body us three or four now. Easy. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, I don't think I'll be making the journey to our growth, to be honest. Um I I, just, I don't want to go up there to Gayfield, it'll probably be pissing rain and we'll get beat. Um so I think that's one that I'll I might be quite happy to, to sit. I, I just think I just think the the powers that be have just ruined that competition completely. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it generally used to be one of these ones that you took a lot. I took a lot of interest in because you're like, as you say, it's your only realistic chance of maybe winning. But you know the B teams and the foreign yeah. I mean, foreign teams. You know what I mean? It's well, no, it's they are foreign teams, and it's like it's ridiculous to expect part time clubs to be I, making these trips in this day and age with money so tight and everything. I, I think the draw got made on Monday and I think it was like Thursday someone mentioned it. I didn't even take, I've got no interest in it whatsoever. I, I, I think, think we'll... Like, did you guys go to the St Johnston game? You didn't. I know Lee oh, yeah. did, but yeah. I couldn't think of anything worse than that. Not going to lie. I, no, I, I, don't want, I don't want to see it. Not interested in seeing us playing uh, B teams, to be honest. I, I think we'll... We've got a chance against our growth. I think we'll narrowly lose, but I think we do have a chance against them. It's going to be a close game. I, I enjoyed this in Johnson game. I'm not a fan of the B teams either. Uh, I want to thank Lee as well for sorting it out so that I could do cool commentary on that game. It was a, a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing it with Daniel. And yeah, it was a, it was a highlight of, of my trip home, I've got to say. And they put in a really good performance. I was pretty impressed by them. I love how you got... To do a nice 4 0 win. I got a 7 0 pumping from Hearts, plus some absolutely garbage friendlies. Although I did do Cowden Beef where we won, but um, yeah, I, I definitely got the, the shitier end of the stick in, in that scenario. But you want to know what? I was absolutely happy for you. You got your um, your match support in the Courier in there. 
Sunday Post. I still have to pay me for that. Yeah, I've not had the payment for it yet. Otherwise, that's why I'm going to give you it. On the subject of uh, commentary, just to quickly go back to the Sonar, the difference between the two commentaries for that goal was absolutely hilarious. Oh, I didn't hear the other one. Well, um, Stephen Mill was going mental. And and to the point he obviously thought, oh, shit, I'm doing the commentary thing. So he obviously attempted to sort of move the mic away and was still going, and the Sonar one was just basically like, oh, no, it's happened again. This is the biggest, (laughs) worst thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, my God. I can't believe this has happened. <laughs> I'm trying to find it for you because it was it was honestly incredible. I'll I'll, so I'll dig it out. I'll I'll hear. Listen. Yeah, it was um, very amazing. Um, the definition of salty tears. I, I also had a let's all laugh at from yesterday's game. There was a guy behind me who, I mean, very East Fife fan esque, but unbelievably negative hated Kieran Miller and obviously generally hates him. At one point we got the ball down the wing. It's like been punted forward in the second half. I can't remember who it was, picked up in the wing and he's like, get someone forward. Get everyone forward. I turned around to Matthew McLean and I was like, could you imagine if that was a tactic? Like the ball's <laughs> gone in the, in the left wing thing and, and everyone just looks at Crawford. He's like, I, and the whole team just fucking runs into the box like an Alamo. It was so funny just the way he said it. Get everyone forward. Like, well, I don't think that's quite how it works. So it was very amusing. Oh, yeah, I like it. I'm sure I heard a few of those shouts, but can I pick my let's all laugh at? Yeah. Airdrie. Oh, that was going to be mine. Unbelievable. <laughs> I literally I, just got the thing up here. Our, um, FC Edinburgh yesterday were 7-1 to one oh. before the match. And I went... I quite fancy that actually, and totally shat it and didn't take it. Um, I did, however, win two hundred pound this week and a hundred pound last week. So, hashtag Paul Lee Gillis for your betting tips. Hey, um, we should have a section on the show where you give your tips. Um, yeah, so potentially, um, I'll give my tip to anyone who wants it, Michael. <laughs> but I, I have yeah, heard that about you. It's very true. Um, but seven seven goals, like, is bad, isn't it? Airdrie did go down. To ten men, in the sixteenth minute, and all the game, all the goals came after that. But still, still though, yeah, that was it's, funny. That's, that's the Edinburgh, the that's team the that's got the worst stadium, and I've got to say, the worst crest in Scottish football right now as well, yeah. and, and worst name. Yeah. Well, I heard they took sixteen fans to Airdrie yesterday. Wow, sixteen fans. That's close yeah. to a goal for every yeah. two fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I visited um, Meadowbank Stadium last Friday, a week past Friday. Oh, did you go to the Thornton game? Um, oh, yeah, you like, should have well, said I would have, I'd have come through. Well, you said you were going to go watch something at the Fringe, so I didn't. I was going to go to the something at the Fringe after I went to see the Thornton game. I was going to see uh, Cunt and the Gang's musical, but never ended up seeing it, the Shannon Matthews musical. Oh, is that who's doing that? Because I've seen yeah. that. Um, was there, anyway, we could talk about that another time, but... Yeah, I mean, Thornton House played Leith and absolutely destroyed them, and Leith were the, the league above. But like, I sat in the stand, and there was literally linear to my eyesight the barrier. I was like, so anytime the ball came, the, the ball came up that wing, you couldn't see anything. It was actually horrendous. 
Um, and no wonder FC Edinburgh fans are like, well, I'm not going to buy a, yeah. a ticket for that because it's awful. And if I was them, I would actually probably, unless they're tied in to some sort of like long-term contract, they either A, need to think of something alternative because it would be so easy. Say, for example, like that Ryan Wall situation yesterday to just loop the the barrier and run on and take someone because um, it's not like the, the stewards would be able to watch for you coming. Um, it's just it's a really poor setup. No I, I know it's their spiritual no home. What's, no what? No turnstiles. How do you get in? The only way, I could be totally wrong here, but when I went in, I had to walk through the sports actual like centre and then through like two sets of double doors and just walked in, never got charged, nothing. It was meant to be seven pound a head. It's, it's it's very weird, and like wow. no parking either. Um, yeah, that was what kind of had put me off going through in the end because it was always crappy round about Medibank to get parking at the best of times. Yeah, um, and it still is. Um, so yes, that was my little so laugh. Oh, do do you have one, Gordon? Um, I suppose I'll I'll nominate Falkirk. Like I was looking ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, Kelty versus Falkirk today. I was like, well. That's almost like a win-win because any any result there will be quite funny. Kelty get beat, that's funny. Falkirk get beat, probably even funnier. Uh, just just when it looked like they were actually sort of maybe getting themselves in a bit of title race, they go and get beat by Kelty, who got one point. So yeah, the perennial let all laugh at. I'd also like to further laugh at uh, Scottish football authorities for having a. Old firm game the weekend before they've got two, both got a huge Champions League game. I yep. find that I find that incredible. And any other country would try and look at fixtures and go, right, well, there's a, you know, that's the first week of Champions League fixtures. You know, let's not have a game where they can't rest players. They've got to go, you know, I just find it amazing. Oh, I yeah. can't believe nobody said, let's all laugh at Rangers. I've got about that. Yeah. Or Dundee United from. The week before, I was I was driving back over to Edinburgh, listening to that on the radio, and I was like, "What the hell is happening?" Then I watched the the highlights at night. It's like Jesus. Jack Jack Ross got binned, didn't he? He did. Yeah. As did the uh, Bournemouth manager. So both yeah, teams that lost nine 0 got rid of their their coaches. Here's a question for you: Can we discuss that Jack Ross is a myth? Because yes. well, well, I think he was hard bit. done by. I mean, he he got a one 0 win. In the Europa League or the conference, I can't remember when it was in. Do you, so I mean, do you think that people have mistaken being a good football manager for dressing like a good football manager and yeah. speaking Jingling, well? Yeah, because yeah. he seems intelligent he well. and he wears a waistcoat. Yeah, and like, oh, he go, interviews oh, well. Yeah, he's basically a poundland Gareth Southgate, is what I think we're trying to say. <laughs> Um, I, I think, think it was a bit harsh to get rid of him so quickly, but there's nowhere yeah. to go at the end of a 9-0 drubbing, is there? But I think that one thing that we need to probably look at is what a great job Tam Kurtz did the season before and getting them there. And he was getting, like, the Dundee United fans were panning him, saying yep. that the football, blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't matter the style of football if it's effective. So, yeah. like, well, look at the Hearts fans that were criticising Robbie Nielsen when they were top of the championship. Yeah. Yeah. The same, a bit although hearts are getting found out now that they've not got boys, um, he got injured. But I mean, yeah, I think, in, in my opinion, anyway, Jack Ross is a myth. 
because he had that sort of one decent season with St Mirren and he's done absolutely nothing anywhere he's went since. I think he'll find it hard to get a top SPL job again unless a St Mirren job comes up or he'll maybe get St Johnson if they eventually decide to bin Callum Davidson. But I think that's probably his level. I don't think he'll get back. But have Dundee United hired anybody yet? No. No. It's, 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 it's interim is the fancy word now. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for Ferguson. Just have a great laugh. Get get big Duncan like. Uh, after after watching the Hearts game against Zurich, I think Hearts fans will probably be quite pleased that Liam Boyce is injured. He missed so many good chances in that game. Um, yeah. um, no. Last couple of things just to to wrap this up. I, I want to talk about the game I went to last Saturday quickly. I went to the Scottish Cup preliminary round between Dundonald, Bluebell, and Tayport. Excellent game, great entertainment. It finished three one to Dundonald in the end. There's a social club and you can get beer. And I don't know if you're meant to take it out and drink it during the game or not, but everyone was. And I was like, oh, it's a great, it's great to have that. And why don't they do this more? Then at the end of the game, I realised why. The referee who I, as being there as a neutral, I thought the referee had a good game. And he sent somebody off for Tayport, which was right in front of me because the guy was a complete asshole and was nipping at the guy and shoving him and nipping him thinking no one would see it. And he was already on a yellow car, so he got a second yellow. But this drunk Tayport woman, the ref's going up the tunnel, and I was making my way out, and we had to stop because they were going up the tunnel. She still had a lager with blackcurrant in it, threw it at the referee, who got out of the way, and most of it landed on me. Oh. (laughs) I was set to fucking wallop her. But she made a hasty retreat as she was getting chased by folks. Uh, Maybe you shouldn't be having drink at at the oh, actual games. I want, I want to see more of that. How did Adam Mandzuri do? Uh, he came on as a sub, I think, because I wasn't 100% sure who anyone was. He didn't really give any teams. Yeah. But I heard somebody go on as, go on, Adam. And I was like, that's probably him. Yes. Um, Scott, the... Scott Jury was there, though. He got man of the match. Of course, he's playing for them. And uh, a boy that I know from Gwynothis, Aidan Hendry, plays left back for them. Um, he's a decent wee player. He was at St. Johnson for a while. On the subject of strange sending offs, I noticed in the FA Cup qualifying round, a game had to be replayed because the ref, the ref sent the goalie off for having a pish in a bush behind the goal. <laughs> and, the, and I can't remember what, but I think on the home team's Twitter, they were like, I'm, I'm not sure how to say this, but so-and-so's goalkeeper has been sent off for urinating in a hedge. And I think they've they decided to then, something happened, they've decided to replay the, the tie. But uh, I thought that was brilliant. Oh, wow. Yeah, so if you got to go, you got to go. Yes, I want to show you a strip that I purchased. Because as if I don't have enough strips. Oh. Beautiful. That is not the strip I'm trying to show you. Oh, there we go. Well, this is great. This is great podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> I've got all your strips here. Excellent. Cleaned me out, oh, you two. Cleaned me out. It is Newport Corinthians, and they're sponsored by Goldie Looking Chain. Brilliant. Ah, superb. I have a little <laughs> collection uh, of kits that's sponsored by bands. It's just something I like to collect. Have you, uh, have you got the Clyde Bank one? No, I've been looking to see if I can get that, but... 
Uh, there's a Cardiff City one I want that was sponsored by Super Furry Animals, and I've watched a couple on eBay, and they've both gone for about 300 quid, so I can't really justify that. Did you all pick up your World Cup sticker albums? No. No. And I'll, they, they were saying that um, they reckon it's now 822 quid it'll cost you to complete it. Oh. As in, if you do it the proper if you do it the, if you do it the proper way. Oh yeah, I what I've done the last couple of years, which I know is the pish way of doing it, is I just buy a complete set of stickers off eBay. It's way cheaper. You still yeah. get the fun of sticking them in the album. But then you can't do got got need. Is that right, Doug? Yeah, I know. I know. A little plug for your band, there, Doug. Hope you appreciate. Thank that. you. I appreciate. That. Thank you. Uh, Thank two you. final things I want to mention. Um, you said that you said that half an hour ago. I know. Well, I said I had a few things. Now I'm down to two. So the Whitecaps game last week, we've got a guy that plays for us, Lucas Cavallini, Canadian international. You might see him at the World Cup in Qatar this year. 2020, he's a designated player, which is your big money guy. Uh, he got sent off for kicking a goalkeeper after a play and was very apologetic, got a couple of games banned, said, oh, emotions get to him, and he's trying to change, he won't do that again. Last Saturday, he, he didn't just kick the guy, he stamped on his neck and is now facing a four or five game ban. So, criminal charges. <laughs> possibly. Like, we're looking for a bastard. Could he fit the bill? <laughs> um, what, what was Ian the Davidson play? did that before breakfast this morning. <laughs> What, what, what was the play he was watching? He said he did something after a play. What play was he watching? Oh, am I using Americanisms again? Yes, you are. Stop oh, that. No. Stop that. Sorry. Right, I'm going to finish on a good news story. Uh, uh, do you all remember Adam Stansfield? He died in 2010. He was our oh. player. He, he died. Oh, of... no, I do know this story. I yeah. know this story. He died of cancer in 2010. Um, and he kind of came to folks' prominence because Jeff Sterling always made a, a Lisa Stansfield joke when he scored. But he played for Exeter City and then died really young and they retired in a very North American way, his jersey number, number nine. Now his son has signed for Exeter and is going to be wearing his jersey number. Oh, wow. That is it's a, it's a cool. really beautiful story. It actually really brought tears to my eyes when I read it. So we're finishing on a, on a nice ending there. Thank you to East Fife Community Football Club and Maze Mortgages for their support of the show. Thank you all for listening. We will be back soon, hopefully, talking about a win over Stenhouse Muir. Until next time, though, thanks for listening. Take care, and as always, Mon the Fife! Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy and you had have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more